1: Welcome to the Garden Report postgame show on CLNS and Celtics block. I'm Jared Weiss. I'm joined by Jimmy Toscano, as always. This is our first show of the postseason, and the Celtics are now down 0-1 to the Chicago Bulls after falling 106 to 102. Before we break down the particulars of this game and Jimmy Butler's incredible late performance, we have to talk about what is the biggest story in the NBA right now. Isaiah Thomas playing in this game and scoring 33 points in this one a day after final. Out that his younger sister China died in a one-car accident in their home state of Washington. The atmosphere before this game and Isaiah Thomas's introduction was as electric as we have ever seen. Covering this team for over half a decade, going to games our entire lives, that was unlike any. That was one of the most unbelievable moments moments I have seen in this arena.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's just typical Boston fans to understand the moment. I mean, the fact that they were, you know, they did the moment of silence before and it was just completely quiet you know not a peep you couldn't hear a thing and then to have the announcement you know of isaiah thomas in the line starting lineup but just the sound the like the ovation the just deafening noise um just to show like their support and you know they are you know they're with isaiah thomas they're with the Celtics. They're with isaiah thomas and just it must have meant a lot to him to to hear that and to feel that support obviously it doesn't you know help him in the long. you know it doesn't changed how he's feeling but it does give him that little sense of comfort i think in that moment
1: and it was beautiful to see for the pregame intros usually he's the last guy through like the tunnel of players that they have yeah but they had him go stand in the opposite corner on their side of the floor and every player would come up to him and give him a hug yeah. after they went through the little tunnel that, that was they made nice there. Too. so that was really beautiful and just I mean, you could see that he was crying you could see
2: him trying to hold it together pre the there's video of him oh pregame, game yeah just sitting on the bench and just you know crying a little bit and his teammates coming over and guys coming over consoling him and just being there for him uh there's really not a whole lot you can say except for you know i'm, I'm there for you man like you know if you need anything if you want anything i mean we've all lost loved ones at, at certain points of our life and there's really you know it, it takes a lot you know a long time time heals everything and it takes a lot of time i can't imagine you know going out you know the next day and doing what he did you know after hearing that news
1: I've been there, and I don't know how he did it. But what I do know is he was unbelievable Mm -hmm. to start off this game. So he's getting guarded by Rondo in the – first five possessions of the game he drives the lane three times he just wanted to go out there immediately attack he hits like a 30 footer on like the fourth or fifth it was like the fifth or sixth possession of the game and that was it was my ears are still ringing from the cheers on that (laughs) one he ends up with was it 13 or 15 points in the first quarter 13 13 points in the first quarter 33 on the night he kind of went quiet there in the second and third quarter but then in the fourth quarter he really had to come alive especially of of late we saw a real king of the fourth performance there with 12, 12 points there Yeah, I think just it was amazing to see that he was really going for his looks. They were running him off ball, setting like pin down screens for him to try to get him those big three pointers where he does those catch and shoots and he jumps 15 feet in the air. It was amazing to see even late in the game that he still had the emotional and physical energy to go for the, the baskets that he usually goes for.
2: Yeah, I mean, 38 minutes tonight, 33 points. Plus 12 in 38 minutes, and the Celtics still lost by four points. I mean, that just goes to tell you, that just tells you how important he is to this team and how ineffective they are with him with him off the court. But for him to go out there and play that way, I mean, last year in the playoffs, the Hawks were able to neutralize him. They were take him out of the game. He's had such a good season this year. They can't, teams can't. The Bulls can't do it. You know, he's found a way to, you know, still be effective. He's found a way to still drop 30 on them. So, a lot of the talk heading into the playoffs was, well, what's going to happen when the opponent takes Isaiah Thomas out of the game? Well, they might not be able to. Um, so it's still on his teammates to step up when he's out of the game. I mean, yeah, when he's not physically on the court, sure, he's not going to score. The players need to step up and do their part, his teammates. But when he's on the court, he's still being effective. He's still getting to the basket. He's still hitting his, those shots. He's still the Isaiah Thomas of the regular season, at least through one game.
1: And I just love that he really wanted to come out aggressive. That he wasn't yeah. trying to like sit get back hit. and let the yeah. game come to him. He wanted to come out there and get score on the first possession. He wanted to have control of the game, and it was working for a little while. But he couldn't keep it up once he went out. The Celtics cannot manufacture buckets right. with Isaiah Thomas off the floor. I don't think they scored a single field goal with him off the floor until the third quarter, which is a major issue. They tried having Jay Crowder out there at first. They relied on Marcus Smart, but Marcus really struggled until he started hitting a few threes in the second half. Right. They have to. Figure something out. We didn't see Terry Rozier tonight. Jalen Brown, aside from an ATO where he got an alley-oop going down the baseline, he didn't really score at all tonight. They don't really have that second unit answer, and Isaiah can only play 40 minutes a game so many times that that's really, that's still eight minutes with him not on the floor, and we actually don't know if he's going to play in game two, and that's probably going to be a game-time decision as well.
2: Yeah, we joked throughout the end of the regular season, you know, how is Brad Stevens going to get his team to function without Isaiah Thomas on the court. We joke and said, well, he might have to play 48 minutes. And it might not be a joke anymore because he played 38 tonight. And, again, plus 12, I mean, they're effective with him on the court. And for them to be that bad with him on the court, Isaiah Thomas, those minutes are going to have to tick up. Um, and one last thing about, you know, him playing throughout the tragedy, I mean, we see it a lot, like, when somebody's going through something like that they, they just want to stay busy they want to take their mind off things and sports is that for a lot of people sports is a getaway for a lot of people and it's a getaway for a lot of these players too to to play the game the basketball court to them it's, it's a sanctuary out there they kind of can forget the world around them and it's just them and the game so um i would still expect him to play in game two um if he doesn't all the power in the world to him everyone copes differently i just think that for him his best way to cope might be to play We'll see what happens. Either way, we have to. We should respect
1: whatever yeah, he decides definitely. to do. The fact that he came out here today, we we multiple people say that really
2: shows the kind of man that he is to come out here and play yeah. today. And, and he had his uh, sister's uh, initials or name on his sneakers tonight. Um, there was a lot of little little dedications going on. You know, a lot. And it's it's been nice to see a lot of NBA players reach out to him, whether it's on social media or. I mean, I don't know what goes on behind the scenes, but definitely on social media, you see a lot of guys tweeting at him about you know thinking thoughts and prayers and all that stuff so that's been nice too
1: well he's earned adoration from the entire NBA universe and he saw millions and millions of people around the country around the world cheering yep. him on tonight and that was really beautiful so we'll be back for part two before we do that we want to talk to you about SeatGeek if you didn't get tickets for tonight and you're thinking god damn it how do we get tickets you go <laughs> on to SeatGeek and you're going to get tickets there, and you're going to get a $20 rebate when you use the promo code GARDENREPORT. You go into the Settings tab, you hit Promo Code, you put that in, and you're golden. You're going to get a $20 rebate on Celtics tickets. It's really hard to get Celtics playoff Spend it tickets, on a hot dog here. But that's how you're going to do it. That's right. $20 will get you one hot dog. Actually, I found out today for $16 you can get a turkey sandwich at the concession Ooh, stand tonight. Okay, keep it healthy. And that's how I did dinner tonight during the first half. So, Geek. <laughs> Garden Report is the promo code $20 rebate. We'll be right back with Jimmy and I on the Garden Report on CLNS and Celtics Blog. (laughs) Welcome to the Garden Report Part 2 on CLNS and Celtics Blog. Jared Weiss here, Jimmy Discano over there, Jeremy Cart behind the camera over there, let's talk about a guy that got right in front of the Jimmy camera Baller and everywhere. really shined in prime time. Jimmy Butler was phenomenal yes. in the late third, early fourth quarter. We'll call it the end of game Butler, session. at your service. So he really served the Celtics over the last 14 minutes where he scored 23 points. So we'll call yeah. the last 14 minutes of the game Baller the end time. of game. He, so he had like a, a streak of like four straight possessions where he scored 10 points at the end of the third, beginning of the fourth quarter. And that the Celtics just couldn't really continue He was dominant at the end of the game. They had really figured out how to stay over picks on him, which was a, really a crucial part of their game plan, something I wrote about yesterday, or I guess now it would be Saturday, on Celtics blog. We did a detailed film dive into that, talking to all the guys that defended him, and it was working for a little while. Yep. And then the end of the game happened, and they couldn't – You know, Robin Lopez is the best moving screener we've seen in the NBA since Kevin Garnett. He is as good as they get, and he carved up so much space for Jimmy Butler to operate free yep. where guys just couldn't get around Lopez anymore. And, you know – they didn't want to switch, they want to stay within their matchup, something that Steven sold me after the game, because they really don't want to have to switch off of a screen because you can get really screwed up against this uh, bowl scene where they got four shooters on the floor a lot of the time, and they really had to fight through, but then when they were trying to fight through and they couldn't get through at the end of the game and they weren't switching, that's when Butler was able to get some space and all the shots went down for him.
2: Superstar player, you knew it as a matter of time, everybody says it about superstar guys, they keep shooting, they don't stop because... Eventually, this are going to start falling. The good thing about the thing about Butler is when his offense isn't clicking, his defense still is. A lot of times, he can event it, a, a defense, a good defensive play can kind of give you that little momentum, that little swing to switch things up on the offensive end and get you going in the right direction. And in the fourth quarter, he took over. He was blown by guys like Jake Router going to the rim. And like you said, Robin Lopez is such a big body. We know how big he is because he's literally grabbing every single rebound within a ten-foot uh, perimeter of him. Um, and when when you when he's setting screens for Butler, Butler is a big dude. When he whether he's driving the lane off the off the pick or whether he's popping, he's lethal. He's a superstar, and we said this last week when we talked about you know ways the Bulls can hurt you. It's Jimmy Butler. I mean, they they're he's their Isaiah Thomas in the sense where if he's on there they should be in contention every game. If he's not on offensively because he does have those games sometimes where the shots aren't falling. Well, that's why the Bulls were one of the worst shooting teams in the NBA this year and why they grab a lot of rebounds is because they miss a lot of shots. I mean, you were talking about the differential before. Isaiah had, was it a
1: plus 12? Plus 12, 12, yeah. And uh, Jimmy had a minus three. Which is, I mean, Jimmy played most of the game, and the, the Bulls really only had their advantage when Isaiah was off the floor. Yeah. But it wasn't like Butler had this, like, perfectly efficient night. No, he it was the mediocre quarter. until that fourth quarter and the end of the third. They did a good job there. But Robin Lopez and the guys that were rebounding, Bobby Portis, Portis especially, that's what Where'd he really, from? That was the biggest issue for the Celtics, because like Steven said to me after the game, he knew that— you're, you're going to see Butler explode at some point. Butler's not going to miss shots all night. But right. it was keeping them off the glass consistently, or at least just like trying to play them even. They lost a rebound battle 53 to 36. That is just. The Bulls had 20 offensive rebounds. Awful. And Robin Lopez had eight of them. He didn't even grab an offensive rebound in the fourth quarter. 20 offensive rebounds. That's the 11th time that that's happened to the Celtics in the playoffs yeah. in the last 34 years.
2: And I don't care how good the Bulls might be at rebounding or how bad the Celtics might be. That's. Pretty unacceptable, especially in a playoff game. They're going to look at the film. They're going to say, okay, why were we out of position so many times? Where do we need to be? Why weren't we more aware of where some of these guys were? They weren't even were? out of
1: position a lot of the time. They just got their asses beat a lot on those rebounds.
2: It, it can't be all, it can't all just be effort, though. It's got to be awareness of where these guys are coming in from. Jay Crowder in the guards said they admitted it after the game. They've got to crash the boards in those situations. You can't just be parked out of the three-point line waiting for the outlet pass because it might not come. You got to crash the boards. A.V. Bradley was one of the best offense, uh, best rebounding guards in the NBA this year. I mean, he averaged almost seven a game. Three tonight. Three tonight. I mean, that's that can't happen. Obviously, you're not going to get a whole lot out of, out of Isaiah. But the guys like Crowder, the guys like Smart, and Bradley, those guys need to be way more active on the glass.
1: Isaiah was actually getting aerial and really fighting for rebounds in the fourth quarter. He was the one that was really trying to turn it around. Horford was having a very good night. He was he had seven rebounds up until the halfway point in the third quarter. It didn't have a single rebound after that. Yeah, I mean, that Horford's one of, one of those guys.
2: Ones. I mean, Horford and Amir Johnson, if those guys aren't doing their part down low and being more physical and grabbing boards, it's going to get very ugly. It's going to get very ugly. And I have to give a shout-out to... YouTube commenter Hugh, who called us out last week in the comment section, saying we weren't giving the Bulls any respect and that they're an extremely good rebounding team, got to give I got to give him props for you know he was he was right on about that. The Celtics got worked on the board on the boards tonight.
1: For the record, I called the Bulls or the Celtics in six. So I called I'm Celtics
2: so in three. That's not going to happen anymore. It now has math- to be at least four math- based <laughs> on your math. Yeah. Mathematically four, n- maybe in five. real life five. Yeah. In real life five. Actually, now watching the Bulls, I think they can win another one in Cleveland. I don't know. It's it, it's going to be tough. I'm going to still say five. I'm going to still say five, but six isn't going to scare. Six isn't out of the realm. Not seven. Okay. This is not going so to So somewhere seven. between five, five and six games six. and seven games. There we go. All right. Well, we'll be back with another. Celtics are still going to win this series, okay? Well, we won't be back.
1: But they're still going to. I'm still confident the Celtics are the favorite to win the series. Yes. But this was a huge win for this the is Chicago a Bulls. Call. And if Isaiah doesn't play in game two, I wouldn't be surprised to see the Celtics going down 0-2 into Chicago.
2: If, he, if Isaiah doesn't play a game, too, yeah,
1: they're, they're yeah. not going to win that game. It's it's scary times in Boston for Celtics fans. So uh, let us know what you think in the comments. We will be back for a but third But you got to be nice, though. You have to be nice. Uh, this guy will be gone. He'll be replaced with Sean Hyken of the Athletic Chicago, one of my favorite people around the NBA covering a specific team, and definitely one of my favorites covering the Chicago Bulls. He will be great, and we will film that soon. And we'll have it up for you soon, so stay tuned here. Continue to nice. watch as we have all the locker room coverage here on CLNS Radio. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Share these videos because those videos is what's paying for me to go travel with the team to cover games three and four, for us to continue to do oh, wow. this, and for the lights to Congrats. stay on when the garden lights uh, go off. Off up here so please share and support our youtube channel because we've been working hard for you guys all year and we love it but we need your support so we'll be right back with another another part of the garden report powered by sea geek here on clns and celtics blog <laughs> Welcome to a special third part of the Garden Report here on CLNS and Celtics' blog. This one is brought to you by Blue Apron. Use the code Garden Report to get three free meals and free shipping on your first order with Blue Apron. I just got mine, and I cannot wait to make some dinner tomorrow night if I get any sleep. Another guy that does not sleep ever is Sean Hyken here of the Athletic Chicago and host of the Lockdown Bulls podcast, and just awesome person that wears glasses in general.
0: One part of that is debatable. I don't know. I are you am, actually
1: the host of the Lock Tumbles podcast? Well, I am
0: wearing glasses right now. I don't know about. It. I mean, my awesomeness is debatable, but you know.
1: Okay. Well, one thing that wasn't debatable is the fourth quarter, late third, early, in an entire fourth quarter performance from Jimmy Butler, Hoiberg, yeah. uh, and the uh, Lopez and Butler all talked about how they were able to eventually break through because they are persistent and because Jimmy is crafty as hell, and Robin Lopez set some great, maybe moving picks for him. <laughs>
0: Well, I mean, this is, is, I mean, I think you have to give a lot of credit to the Celtics defense for what they were able to do to him in the first two and a half quarters. Basically, you know, they put Marcus Smart on him a lot. They put Jay Crowder on him a lot. And he really wasn't able to do anything. I believe he was, what, he only had six uh, field goal attempts in the first half. He wasn't really doing that much. And the the Bulls were somehow winning. But uh, yeah, later on, he started to take over when he needed to. That's just kind of what he's always been able to do when he needs to. That's the only reason, really, the Bulls are in the playoffs at this point.
1: It it definitely appeared to be that way. I don't think Bobby Portis' rebounding is what usually keeps him in there. Uh, But I love that Jimmy really relished taking on the Isaiah Thomas assignment at the end of the game. And while Isaiah did have 12 points in the fourth quarter, he had that really crucial block that went off Uh of Isaiah, I believe. I can't remember if that was the one where they reviewed it and overturned it. I think Was that that play play? Yeah, that
0: was that play because originally they called it Bulls ball, but then they said that Butler hit it out of bounds. Yeah.
1: So either way, it was an incredible play, and it showed that Butler. He does he usually kind of save himself for the fourth quarter. I wouldn't say save himself, but is it is he kind of like Thomas, where he really just ratchets up to a different level in the fourth quarter? But he can do it on both ends.
0: Well, he's such a smart player. I, th- I think you're going to you know there are there are going to be times when he has a big uh, first half offensively, but then he does uh, you know saves kind of his defensive energy for the uh, second half. Uh, so you kind of saw that tonight. Obviously the, the, uh, his offense picked up to another level in the second half so uh yeah i mean i mean this this is just kind of what we've seen so many times this year from jimmy in you know the one of those Cavs games that he took over in the lakers game earlier this year where he scored 40 uh there have been, just been so many times that he's done that against brooklyn a few months ago uh i mean this is just what he's capable of and this is why he's i mean i think he's the best player in the series
1: i would agree besides we agree paul zipser well, is yeah, obviously the obviously. best but then jimmy <gasps> hey he and i say right there That's true. That big block for zipsers everywhere. So, Bobby Portis, OG Bobby Portis, I like to call him, he really had a gangsta night. He had. Well, uh, his actual name, is his government name is Crazy Eyes. Of course. I saw a lot of crazy eye emojis coming from both sides tonight. That was pretty great. But would you consider this the best game of his career?
0: I mean, given the stakes, absolutely. He had, uh, I mean, he's he's had 20-point games. He only had 19 tonight. So, if you're just going off of statistics, then then, yeah, this wasn't his best game. But, I mean, yeah, he, he shot 8 of 10 from the field. He had 9 rebounds. He, the real important thing is, I mean, he's a guy that has you know been in and out of the rotation over the course of the season. He did not look like he was afraid to shoot ever. He looked like he was confident taking every shot. He took every shot that he knew he could make. He didn't look like he was forcing anything. And for a young guy who's never played in the playoffs before, that was really crucial to see. And if he can keep that going, I mean, it's going to certainly make up for they didn't really get anything out of Nico Mirotic tonight.
1: That was really bad from Nico. Before we even go over to Nico, Hoiberg did say after the game that Bobby was the one young guy on that roster. that He had no concerns about having confidence for this one. He even said that he plays a lot of swagger, which makes me think he could be the East Coast Swaggy P. Or I guess <laughs> the Midwest Swaggy P. But uh, Miritich, who's someone that we thought would be a really big matchup concern for the Celtics because they'd have Amir Johnson out there a lot, he was kind of a non-factor in this game.
0: Yeah, and I mean, you could always tell. I mean, with, with the way the way it always works with Nico is when he doesn't hit his first couple of shots of the night, you know that the confidence isn't going to be there the rest of the night. He needs to see those first couple go down. And when he does that, he might just go on and hit six or seven threes over the course of the night. We call that but, Jared Solinger syndrome in Boston. That, I mean, sure, yeah, uh, but. It, 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 but, yeah, I mean, he did not give them really anything tonight on either end. He got blown by on the other end by Al Horford, just completely crossed over. Uh, it was not a great night for him, but Fred Hoiberg did say that he's going to keep him in the starting lineup and keep Portis coming off the bench, maybe try to get his confidence going a little bit. If they can get anything out of him, then I think they have a much greater chance of making this a series.
1: All right, we'll get ready for Bobby Portis to start Game 2 then, based on that answer. I think you asked that question, right? In the press I did. Or, yeah. So, good question, good answer. We'll see if it holds true. Uh, we will see you after Game 2 for the Celtics on Tuesday night. Sean Hyken, you can find him at Hyken on the Twitter machines. Find him at The Athletic Chicago and host of the Lockdown Bulls. I'm sorry, locked, locked on, on bulls. But it's you lock it down. You lock it down. You guys hold it down. Generally speaking, yeah. Generally speaking, so that'll do it for us here on the Garden Report. Don't forget to use the code Garden Report at SeatGeek, as well as the code Garden Report at Blue Apron. You will get lots of goodies in the process, and you'll support this show. Thank you. and We will see you after game two. Stay locked onto this podcast. <laughs> Wordplay uh, for more press conferences from inside the locker room and from the podium. You get to hear my sultry voice. Ask some questions at the podium. This is the Garden Report on CLNS and Celtics Blog. Mm-hmm. <laughs>